there's no such thing as too much communication to staff, especially when we're going through changes like this. So I think we've improved our communication. You know, we think about, talk about now, what do we say before it happens, when it's happening, after it happens, right? Like you just cannot do it too much. Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, the podcast that brings you practical advice, lessons, and stories from senior leaders and thought leaders from around the world. The Strategy and Leadership Podcast is brought to you by SME Strategy, working with organizations around the world to create and implement their strategic plans. To learn more, visit smestrategy.net. And now, your host, Anthony Taylor. Hey there, folks. Welcome to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. I have a distinguished guest today. All my guests are distinguished, but this one is particularly cool because Kathleen and her organization have been working with SME Strategy for a while. That notwithstanding, Kathleen is the VP and Chief Strategy Officer of Alternatives Federal Credit Union in Ithaca, New York. She's had tons of jobs within there, and I'm just super excited to hear her about her experience and background. So Kathleen, how's it going today? Good. Great. Thanks for having me, Anthony. Great to see you. Uh, it's great to see you too. I know we had our little catch up before this. I was looking through your background, your LinkedIn, which is obviously a resume now, and it's cool to see your your evolution within the credit union. But maybe you can tell our audience a little bit about who you are and, and what that you know couple of years within Alternatives has looked like, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. So um, I came to Alternatives at a pretty interesting time in my life. I had just exited being partial owner as a partner in a fee-based financial planning firm. And my husband at the time was getting super sick, (laughs) wasn't getting better. Um, as a dairy farm owner that has lots of challenges, you know, we had a couple kids and I had to make the decision that all of those circumstances combined with being a business owner myself, it just wasn't the right time for it. I had to step away, which was super challenging. I think that's challenging anytime a business owner has to make that decision. So did the sort of stay at home mom thing for a very brief period of time and realized, oh, this isn't right for me either. (laughs) And started branching out just to see, um, you know, hey, what's up there? What's going to match my background and skill set and interest? And stumbled across alternatives, um, which I did not know about before. You know, I I live not too far from where the credit union is based. And I just had never heard of them. And I was like, wow, this seems really interesting. This is, of course, a financial institution. But They seem very education-based, which is really what I had built my previous practice on. And they had a part-time position open, actually, as a mortgage underwriter. And I spoke to them and and was really intrigued by the company and um, was brought in. And that's where I started my journey. (laughs) That's had... Um, That's gone kind of up, I guess, ever since then. I was in that period for about three months. And then a position opened to oversee our small business development program. I had a background in that as a small business owner myself. Um, It just was a natural fit. And so I did that for a few years and continued to grow the position and sort of what I was doing within the organization bringing different pieces, different departments together. 
And so that led to some different positions, still sort of overseeing that small business development, but, you know, adding additional responsibilities and, and that sort of thing. Um, up until the point where just this year, back in, I guess, very early spring, late winter, we had a change in our top leadership. Our former CFO became our CEO and named me as our first ever vice president. We've never had one before. And then um, also our chief strategy officer, which is um, super exciting for me and super fun for me. I love strategy. I love, you know, thinking about how are we going to do that? How do all the pieces fit together? So it's been a really fun journey. It's been a really interesting journey. And through it, I've actually been able to um, mentor and coach some other colleagues through that, through their own, you know, professional path, professional journey and thinking about just because something doesn't exist yet doesn't mean it can't exist. How about we go ahead and create it? Let's try to see what happens. So it's been a lot of fun so far. That's awesome. So, and it's just cool to see, like, not only the evolution within the organization, but your own evolution. So let's look at the past couple of years, you know, moving out of, you know, the business development role, the director of business development, economic development, and VP strategy officer. And then obviously, you know, you work with one of our colleagues, Jenna Sednak, and myself, actually, when we did your strategic plan, I guess it was maybe two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. If we take those two, three years, you know, what is the evolution of the organization you know, what was it like before? What is it like now? And how has that supported your role as the first VP and strategy officer? Yeah. So our organization's been around 43 years this year, and we've always been a very mission focused group. You know, our whole purpose of existing, we are a financial institution, but we focus primarily on low income and BIPOC communities, those who have been traditionally marginalized um, by financial industry practices, services, organizations, that's our target market. That's who we're here to serve. And so we've always been very focused on that, right? Our, Our staff is really amazing and that the heart that just shows up literally every day and how we're helping people is so inspiring. So that part's easy, right? Where I think we have struggled, and this is not uncommon for smallish businesses or businesses who have grown over the years, we're right about 50 employees. And so we're not a huge company. And what has happened is we hadn't taken the time to really create the internal infrastructure, processes, procedures. And so that resulted in there's a lot of inconsistency, right? Inconsistency in the way things were done. That, of course, uh, leads to a lot of frustration among staff. And that certainly can impact um, and has at time impacted the service that we provide to our members. Mm. So that's kind of where things had been pretty much from the time I've been there, right? My whole experience there. In my previous positions, <laughs> I was the one that oversaw this department, this programming. And so what I've realized over this year, especially, is I was able to really insulate myself by 
I could create processes and procedures and standards that I followed. They weren't necessarily rippling throughout the organization, but I could fulfill my own quality of service standards and deal with sort of the rest, <laughs> the rest of our organization, right? So over with our recent leadership change and certainly through this year, we have focused so much on creating that internal infrastructure, looking for where consistencies just need to exist, making sure, you know, one thing that I, I talk to our team about all the time is I don't want to continue to just put Band-Aids on things and then do it again when the same problem pops up next week or next month. If it's something that's happening a couple times, I want to slow down. I want to find the root of the problem and I want to fix that. So that's a pretty good theme of what we focused on this year and will continue to do so over the upcoming year. Yeah, that's awesome. One of the things that I remember without, you know, going into confidentiality is, you know, you mentioned how important the mission was. And again, like, unlike many podcast guests, I don't have the insight into kind of how the sausage was made. But it, as the organization grew and become more impactful and, and the definition of what it's underserved or, or people with lower incomes, you know, realigning on that mission was so critical. And I remember it wasn't an instant thing. It was a process that the team had to not only discuss, come to terms with, but really like buy in and, and like hit the heart piece of that. And I thought that was a really cool, like kind of transformational conversation where that like you could see when everybody was lit up about being like, this is why we do it. Can you speak to your perspective uh, from that? Yeah, that's true. I, I agree. It was a really important exercise for us to go through um, and specifically around this term underserved that was in our previous mission, because there are some of us that felt that just wasn't defined enough. What are we talking about specifically? And we wanted to be very intentional, not only for ourselves, for our staff, but also in our public and who, and who we're trying to serve about like, this is who we are and this is what we're trying to do. This is who we're trying to do it for. And that doesn't mean we're trying to serve everybody. We're not, we're not the right answer. We're not the best fit for everybody. We're the best fit for low-income folks, BIPOC folks, those who have been marginalized by the financial services industry. And so it was a pretty um, in-depth conversation. There was a lot of back and forth about it. And you may recall through the sessions, we only got so far and then we had to move on. We had to continue that work internally, which... We did. Um, you know, one of my colleagues really championed continuing to push that forward um, and also bring in all of our staff to have a say from it. And we got to the point where we did rework the wording a bit. And we actually, this is pretty exciting because it's been such a long process. Just a couple months ago, our board voted to approve the newly worded updated mission like we are on board at every level of our organization, and we are now planning for an introduction and a reintroduction of who we are, what we're here to do, who we're here to serve in the early part of next year, based all around that sort of reworded mission. That's awesome. And it's so critical, right? Because 
as you had mentioned, kind of going back to the processes where there was inconsistent processes, if there were processes, if there was inconsistent definition, then how can everybody be be with it? And then there were you would have these pockets or silos of different definition of what it meant, which meant that you could not ultimately like accomplish what you were really trying to accomplish, which, you know, that's why it was so critical. Exactly right. Right. You know, if if you and I are part of the same organization, underserved to you maybe means something completely than what it does to me. And so if we weren't all aligned around that, which we were not, you know, we had a bunch of teams, departments kind of going their own way. And so we really focused on bringing everybody back to center. You know, we're all here for the same purpose. What is that purpose? Okay, we know what we're here to do. Now let's look to continue to create that consistency, you know, in our procedures and our product design. It all centers right around what that mission is. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say, looking back, I want to kind of bring it back to that, like back to center consistency piece. You had mentioned that there was a significant change in your leadership, not just your own position, but, you know, with your CEO. And then I know that there were like people changes. What was it like for you, maybe not looking back, but kind of putting yourself in there? What was it like, like kind of managing through that change? And and I ask because our audience they have people change all the time. And sometimes yeah. it's scary. Sometimes it's confusing. Anytime you add a new person to the t- team, it's a new team. So what was it like, like figuring out those norms, you know, having those conversations, kind of getting back to center as what an effective leadership team could be? Yeah. So, you know, one thing we still try to keep top of mind is just the amount of change our staff has gone through in the recent past, right? Going all the way back, of course, we all were impacted by COVID and how that played out, but we're in an industry, we could not slow down when that happened. We had to really go into overdrive. Our members needed us. You know, we were just working at an extremely high rate to, to get information out there, to put together talking groups, to put together um loan products that people could get through. Like it was a really frantic time for quite a while. In that, we had to do some downsizing in 2021, which impacted our staff in the big way. Already they were, there were some, you know, team changes, supervisory changes there. Um, And that makes staff nervous, understandably so when that happens, right? So here comes 20, beginning of 2022, COVID-wise, we've started to calm down. We're kind of back to somewhat normal operations. And now we have a major leadership change, right? So for our staff, it's just like, for me, I, I just kept thinking how much they've gone through, right? And we knew it was that wasn't the end of it. It's not like, oh, we have a new CEO and we have a new VP. We knew there was going to continue to be lots of change. And so number one, acknowledging that, I still try to acknowledge that a lot with our teams. You know, we know this has been a lot of change. And also being very honest and transparent about it's not done. You know, here's what we can expect to happen. This year we've had new positions created, 
we have people in new supervisory roles, we have different iterations of teams. And so it's just a lot for, for people to get used to. And they are, you know, we as humans adapt, that's what we do. But that doesn't mean there's just some fatigue, there's not some fatigue associated with it. And so I try to be very mindful to acknowledge that, keep that top of mind, really try to communicate, you know, that number one, we are going to make changes where we see change needs to be made, but we are also aware that it does impact people differently. Um, and we've been through a lot. We've all been through a lot over the past few years and, and our team, you know, is no different. I also keep that in mind thinking about, you know, there's a hundred things we'd love to do and there's a hundred we would love to have been done yesterday but we can't do them all at once, right? We can't execute well if we try to do too much at once, but also like we've got to give staff a break a little bit, right? So even in though I know I'm looking out to the future, I see where we're going, we've got to prioritize appropriately. We need to layer things appropriately so that we're not trying to do it all at once. Staff has a minute to sort of catch their breath <laughs> and get on board with whatever, whatever new thing that we're implementing that day, that week, that quarter, whatever. Okay, let that get going for a little bit and then on to the next. That's I, just on a personal level, it's I say it's cool to hear you say that. It's just the the I don't even know what have what to call it. I don't have a good word for it. But the fact that you're doing that is good. Okay. <laughs> you Thank know, you. you're you're not, you know, overloading people because you know, as a as a VP, especially a new VP, you know, you want to put your mark on, you want to make sure things move. You've got all of especially ambitious people, they want to make things move. And I think that the restraint or the layering is such a good way to look at it. Not because you don't want it to happen, because you know that if you put too much on there, it won't stick. And I think that that's what I see a lot is like, especially you had all of those external changes, you know, gosh knows that in the financial industry, so much change, let alone the individuals, let alone, you know, the people that are affected specifically within your segment. Um, but just being aware of all of that it is so critical. So looking back is there a lesson that you learned like something you would have done differently you're like okay oh man i like i i'm never going to do that again that that through that process that it was like an aha moment that you're going to you know take moving forward and that you could share with our audience i don't know if there's anything i want to particularly do again but i think i have been consistently reminded that there's no such thing as too much communication to staff especially when we're going through changes like this so I think we've improved our communication. You know, we think about, talk about now, what do we say before it happens, when it's happening, after it happens, right? Like you just cannot do it too much. And even now, I know we roll things out sometimes and I'm like, oh gosh, we did not communicate as much as we needed to. And we have to keep in mind the impact that that has on our staff, right? That's where frustration is, is caused. And anytime we're trying to roll out something new, our employees, our humans are always going to be the biggest variables in that, right? Some people are going to push back. Some people we know are going to be early adopters. And we just have to know that and we have have to plan for that appropriately. And a lot of that comes with communication. So I think we've improved, you know, it's something that's in my mind all the time. That's actually a major focus we'll have in 2023 is on becoming better communication 
communicators as an organization. Um, but I think over and over that lesson of there's just no such thing as too much communication um, rings true constantly. Yeah, that's awesome. No, I think it's super important to remember as you go through that, you know, the change isn't done. The external challenges in the marketplace aren't done. And so right. just saying, hey, what is that like continuous improvement piece of it that we can take in? You know, as we begin to wrap up, one of the things that we started before we kind of recorded, like, oh, we did like so much this year. Can you speak to the importance of your team of being aligned and on the same page as to what those things are and how you're going to move forward? And then talk about some of the things you have, like some of the successes that you want to celebrate? Because, yeah, just want to acknowledge the work that you're doing in the community. It's awesome. Yeah. Sure. So I think, you know, as we talked about, it was huge, all of us coming together really around this shared mission and knowing exactly what that is um, and, and continuing to center us all back around it. Since then, you know, through the process we worked um, with SME and all your team on was really setting some high level organizational goals and then delegating to sort of our mid-level managers to oversee the execution of those goals. And for some of them, they were new to that team, or I had asked them to be in leadership roles to, to oversee those strategy teams, um, which was new for them to be in leadership roles. So what I have witnessed is if we have that alignment around a center purpose, if we know what we're trying to accomplish and how we're trying to accomplish it, our staff will step up and they will take on new challenges and they will push themselves out of their comfort zone over and over, right? Which is exactly what we want people to do. And that's part of professional development. We're seeing them, you know, take on those new challenges, which is really great. And so I think that's been huge this year of, you know, even with the change fatigue, even with leadership change, even with people being on different departments, their willingness, their engagement, and then their willingness to step up and stay focused on this central mission has really kept us all on the same path together, which has been really fulfilling and exciting. Hey, Anthony here. One of the things I don't talk too much about on the podcast is what we do at SME Strategy. So I wanted to let you know that if you and your team are thinking about getting together you know, this winter or even in the new year for strategic planning, that we'd be happy to have a conversation to see how we might be able to help your team walk through the strategic planning process and make sure that your people, your strategy, your culture are on the same page. One of the most exciting parts about the work that we do is being able to lead people through a proven process to help them get to where they want to go. If you're interested about that process, our video about it on YouTube just hit over a million views. So be sure to check that out. Let us know what you think. Uh, but most importantly, I wanted to let you know that if you are looking for somebody to partner with your team to support everybody in getting aligned, moving forward towards a clear set of goals and objectives, and really making sure that you have the foundations for that next stage of growth, that we can partner with you to do that. Whether that's through an offsite strategic planning session or you know follow-up support services to keep you accountable, to help your team grow and develop, or really to lead a full transformation. So if you're interested, check out smestrategy.net. You can check out our about page, our services page. It'll tell you more about how we do things. And I'd be happy to have a conversation with you to see if we're a good fit to help. 
Thanks so much. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. And now let's get back into the episode. That's awesome. It's uh, interesting. I was talking to some colleagues today just about like leadership and like the leadership gap. And if you wonder, you're like, well, where, you know, how can I get my people to become leaders? You need to give them opportunities. Like leaders don't just like (laughs) pop out of the sky. And what I thought was cool, just looking at your journey is like you started in the organization, not as a leader, like arguably in terms of title. And then through that process, you've been able to do that to people, presumably they gave you opportunities or opportunities that you created. And that how you've figured out as an organization to say, if we have mission centricity, which is most important to your organization, and we have high level goals, and we give people the opportunity to move forward on them, it's going to highlight opportunities for leaders and support the professional development so that we can do that at scale. So you have to work at it to get more leaders. But when you get more leaders, it's rewarding, you have impact, and you're making progress. If I understood what you said. Absolutely. You got it. You hit it. What are you looking forward to next? Like, what are you excited for coming up in the upcoming year, both professionally and within the organization? Yeah. So organizationally, as I mentioned a little bit ago, one of the things that we're going to be focusing on is, um, how to become skillful communicators. So part of the process that we worked through um, in our strategic planning process was to look at our values and determine they needed to be updated, which we did. And then we defined some um, behaviors around them. And one of those values is um, skillful communication. That's fine, that's great. Well, what does that mean? And how do you be a skillful communicator, right? Um, We know that communication is probably an issue in pretty much every organization, but it also leads to a lot of challenges, a lot of frustration. So how do we develop all of our staff, not just our leaders, but we want all of our staff to become leaders. We want us all to be skillful communicators. So First phase was sort of defining what our values are, saying we want to be skillful communicators, saying, okay, these are the behaviors that are associated with that. Um, And the upcoming year, we'll be focusing on what does that really mean? First half of the year is going to be looking at our own existing communication styles. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be a continuation of some work that we've done throughout our whole organization this year around the Gallup Strength Finder. So we had every employee take that. We've done some exercises, some really cool stuff um, to learn what each other's are and also um, created some small groups that we worked in with with a really wide variety of strengths. But we're going to focus on that communication piece um, next year. So what kind of communicator am I, right? Am I somebody that likes a lot of small talk? Do you need to give me the data, the facts, like understanding how we are? And then the second half of the year will be focused on, okay, I know who I am. Well, what happens if I need to collaborate or communicate with somebody that's the polar opposite of me? How do I do that well? I'm super excited about that as a focus because For my position, I see where frustrations happen, you know, interdepartmentally or amongst teams or amongst individual staff members. 
And again, I go back to, I don't just want to work on a Band-Aid. I want to fix the root of the problem. A lot of that comes back to communication, right? Whether the process isn't there, whether the skill sets just aren't there amongst the employees to say, like, I have trouble with this person's communication style. I might not recognize that what the that's what the problem is, but that's what the root cause is. Mm. So how can I be better? How can I um, plan for that? How can I change my style so that these interactions are successful? I think that that's going to be beneficial for all of our employees. And again, it goes back to professional development at every level, which is really important to me. That's excellent. So one of the things that just was, it, it came in a flash, but I thought it was so valuable because uh, conflict. Okay. So one thing people don't like discussing conflict, they don't want to be seen as negative, you know, and so it, 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 it stymies challenging. Mm-hmm. But what I think is really interesting and neat about what you said as I process it as like just live is because you're focused on communication and because you understand the communication styles, it gives your team like they can name it. They're like, oh, that's a butterfly. Like they know right. what to look for. So they know that they can call it out. So they're like, I understand that my communication style doesn't gel with this person. It's not like Steve's the worst. Exactly. I, there's something about our communication that doesn't work. So let's go to work on the communication. Not that this person never does anything. And I think it's so empowering to be able to unlock stuff because if you don't know what something is, you can't diagnose it. You can't address it in a productive manner. And it just occurs as being negative versus this thing about our working relationship doesn't work. So I'm committed to working on it because I know what to look for and I know what they're looking for so I can more easily bridge the gap. Um, I, I could talk to you for hours about this, but I have one kind of final ish question and it's about your organization. What I think is so cool. And one of the things I want to talk about is as a credit union in your neighborhood, you've been able to create great impact. So if there are other credit unions, financial institutions that you have got, maybe not words of advice for, but just a thing to consider that's helped you, I think we could impact communities all over. So as we finish up, what would you like to share of a key lesson, key learning, or or challenge invitation to those other financial institutions or other organizations working in their local communities? Sure. So, you know, credit unions in general, our motto is people helping people. And um, that's what we're here to do. You know, credit unions, for the most part, are very community oriented. They're run by the people in the community who live in the community for their community. And so you'll usually find credit unions are are pretty involved in the community and they're not just throwing money at sponsorships or this or that. They're really showing up. They're really being there. And so the the industry in general makes that pretty easy. Um, You know, for what I would say in general is our communities do need us. You know, there are so many people who are left behind by the traditional financial services industry. It's not structured for them. It's not structured for people with low income, with um colorful credit scores, as we like to say, right? We know that in general, financial literacy is not something that has been taught to us. It's just starting to pop up now, which we love to see. But there's whole generations of people who have a lot of shame around money. We don't talk about money. We don't really know how to manage debt or use like good debt to to help us further along our own 
individual uh, financial goals and path. And that's what we as credit unions, that's what we're here to do. And our communities do need us. And it's really easy to show up for them um, if we lead with that people helping people mindset. And so um, there's there's just no shortage of, of great work that we can all do together. That's fantastic. Well, I, I, it's so clear to me. Well, it's taking it back to the inconsistency in process. There's inconsistency in the system. So how can we put consistency to support, you know, people helping people? Um, and then also tying into giving your leaders and your people the tools to be able to fulfill on that mission. You know, whether you're a for-profit or non-profit business, you know, there's always a why behind it and, and, having people be clear about that why and supporting them and being able to drive it forward is, is something I'm really taking away from what you've been able to do with alternatives. So yeah, it's just a pleasure getting to learn, hear about more about it and then get to work with you and your team. So um, where can people learn more about alternatives? Where can they open up an account? Where can they connect with you to hear more of the success stories of your community? Yeah, sure. So uh, right on our website is the best place, alternatives.org. Um, you'll see some cool stuff that we do. You'll probably see pretty quickly that we don't look like your traditional bank or financial institution. It's very intentional. Um, we don't consider ourselves very traditional. Excellent. Kathleen, it's been such a pleasure. I look forward to many, many more conversations, but just thanks for doing me the favor and, and coming on the podcast today. I'm glad we got to tell your story to the rest of the world, and I just appreciate the time today. Thank you so much. Folks, my guest today, Kathleen Clark, who is the VP and Chief Strategy Officer at Alternatives Credit Union. So I think one of the things that I'm taking away from this is, is making sure that you have consistent processes to support your team in being able to drive forward what's most important to you, and then equipping your team with important definitions to be able to diagnose issues. And it's not just diagnose issues for the sake of it. It's because those issues, those challenges, communication or what have you, are what's going to get in the way of you being able to really have the impact that you want. Um, and, and on a personal level, it's just cool to be able to highlight that for what Alternatives has done in their community because they're talking the talk and they're walking the walk. And so I wanted to just give them a platform to do that. So Kathleen, again, thank you for being here. Uh, folks, thanks for listening. Go on their website you know, spread the love, help them help more people because that's what it's about. My name is Anthony Taylor. This has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. I appreciate you and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We post twice a week so you can count on us for your weekly source of content to help you grow and expand as a leader. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider giving us a review. We read every single one, and it helps us make a better show for you, the listener. Also, it helps more people find the show, which means we can help as many people as possible. We appreciate you listening and following along, and we hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as Anthony says, until next time.